1: You are with Dr. David DeRose at another show that we're recording from the venue of ASI International Convention in 2021. We're actually recording this in August of 2021, and we've just got great opportunities here to meet with people from all over the country, especially speaking about projects that make a difference uh, for populations. A number of the projects here are focused on indigenous populations throughout the world, my guest is uh, one who fits right in with that theme. His name is Lauren Fish. He's the clinical counselor with Holbrook Indian School. Lauren, it's great to have you with us again.
2: Thank you, Dr. Nero. It's Good to be here.
1: Regular listeners know your name, they know about Holbrook, but for those who are hearing for the first time about this Native American school, tell us a little bit about what you guys do.
2: We are a 1st through 12th boarding school for Native American children and youth uh, from all across um, the United States. Most of our uh, students are from the Navajo Reservation, which is just north of us there in Holbrook, Arizona. But we also have uh, Apache from south of us, uh, Havasu and Havasupai, Pima. We even get students as far away as uh, the Dakotas, so from the Sioux and Lakota Sioux.
1: Well, wow, I know you have a big draw there, and one of the things I've appreciated over the years as I've talked with folks who are graduates of Holbrook, uh, folks that have uh, worked at, uh, at, at the school, is you really have a very single-minded focus on the students, and you did something interesting. Depending on uh, you know what the future holds, we had a pretty intense uh, 2020. I know many even day schools and communities shut down over COVID. You did something very interesting, the 2020-2021 school year. Tell us a little bit about what happened at Holbrook.
2: Well, um, we we appreciate the opportunity that we have to serve uh, the students in, in um, when it, it looked like we weren't going to be able to have them there. It was concerning to us. Um, as a clinical counselor I'm able to sit down with them and talk to them and when I first got there six years ago I would ask the students what do you like about Holbrook and almost to a person almost to a student they would say I feel safe here Hmm. and so for us that was significant and so when it looked like we weren't going to be able to have them there we We really fought for the opportunity, and we had to put a lot of precautions in place. We had to do things a lot differently, which was very hard on the students, but it also helped us as staff and students to be more creative in how we did school Mm -hmm. and what it looked like. Um, One of the things we did since the students were encouraged not to go home for the entire semester was... Every Wednesday, the middle of the week, we'd take them off and go hiking somewhere, you know, some Uh mountainside or some, you know, river or park and where we could be out in nature. And and that sort of alleviated a little bit of the cabin fever that Mm. uh, you might could get. But it it was difficult on the students. It was difficult on the families. You know, when the families came to visit, we had precautions in place. And it's hard, you Mm -hmm. know, when families aren't able to interact like Mm -hmm. they usually do, but we really thank God that we were able to uh, create that space uh, for the students to be and continue to be safe. And um, to have a semi-normal school year, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> what, is, what is normal these days?
1: It's an exciting story as I listen to the story uh, Lauren, because so many places closed down. And I I love, you and I have talked before, I I love this uh, feedback that you've gotten about the school from the students because so many times when people hear that adjective, boarding, Mm -hmm. in front of a school in Indian country, Mm -hmm. um, it normally doesn't bring up warm thoughts, at least historically.
2: Well, with the students currently Mm -hmm. that we have, I'm dealing with generational trauma or
1: epigenetics
2: is a big word that people like to use. But their grandparents dealt with some of those abuses Mm in boarding schools. And it's interesting because we've actually gotten some kickback or some flack because we're a boarding school even currently. And people want to uh, put us in with uh, some of the atrocities that have gone on in the past uh, without really even knowing who we are or what Mm -hmm. we do. And I'm not saying that in the 75 years of Holbrook Indian School that everything's been done perfectly and in order, and that there weren't weren't some things that didn't go as they should have, um, but I, I would like to defend what we do there, because I feel like, at least even currently, it's uh, for the benefit of students mm-hmm. and their families, and to... As we like to say, break the cycle, break that cycle of generational trauma so that they can go and help their family and help their community.
1: And I love that part of it because so many times people think the solution to going forward is calling out, condemning uh, the sins of the past. And I'm not saying that's not all important. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that a lot of the dialogue that we're having uh, today in society in general, isn't vital. But to me, it seems so powerful from the standpoint of a physician, you know, where I sit. Mm-hmm. When we talk about healing people, it's often not just uh, trying to address the problems of the past, but it's building that secure future today. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, there seems something to be, and, and you can speak to this as a, as a clinical counselor, Lauren, it seems that there's something especially healing about showing that there can be people outside of the nuclear family who can be more nurturing mm-hmm. uh, in some cases because a lot of the families I know that that you're reaching out to have had less than you know ideal circumstances when the kids talk about a safe environment yeah. they're seeing the school as a as as a solution to some of the the problems that they faced uh, growing up right
2: yes yeah and it it's um it's difficult because I, as a counselor, don't ever want to say things about a student's family. Right, right, right. To put them down. And yet, part of my job is to also help the students realize that maybe some of the hurts and traumas that they've experienced aren't okay or aren't Mm -hmm. normal. Mm -hmm. Because to some of the students, um, you and some of our listeners may identify with this, but some people grow up in that environment and then they think that's what life is, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Get used to it, basically, is something that I've heard uh, our students say that their family may say, or it happens to everybody kind of a thing. And and that's painful to hear. And so there's a a very fine line there. There's a, a, a tender way in which you have to handle at the same time helping them heal and hopefully also helping the family heal Mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. from those past hurts and one of the ways that um we're really excited at the school in in doing that not only with the students but with the family is um just this year we've hired on what we call a maps coordinator maps is a acronym for our four pillars mental academic physical and spiritual health and wholeness so we're, we're not just working with the students on their grades. We're not just working with students on keeping them physically active, um, but also uh, on their, their spiritual growth and healing uh, emotionally. And a, a gap that we found that we had is helping the students understand, learn, and apply how to make good lifestyle choices. Mm. And so this this person uh, has been a, um, a lifestyle counselor and coach in the past and we hope that as they work with our students education and working with them one on one helping them find what motivates them to make good choices then as they learn this and internalize this then they're able to live it and their family's able to see it and they're able to take it back to their family and community and mm-hmm. it, It's really exciting for us because we feel like that's a gap that we're missing, and there's there's an acknowledgement of some of the diseases, lifestyle diseases that um, happen on the reservations, and diabetes is a is a big one, cancer, heart disease, things like that, and yet, a lot of uh, the students that come to our school have never been taught those things, Um, and so for us to be able to provide this service to them and to help them to change and grow and learn and become ambassadors for help themselves, you know, to, the, to their families and the communities. We're really excited about that.
1: Well, let's talk about the, uh, the program at, uh, at Holbrook. One of the things that uh, I think a lot of folks perhaps focused in on that you were sharing about earlier, Lauren, is this whole idea of field trips and, you know, kind of hands-on experiences. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that, because I think most people, when they think of a school, they're thinking, hey, you're in the classroom. You're a very different type of school experience, and I know that's resonated a lot with people in Indian country.
2: One of the awesome things that we do is every year we take the students for a week-long camping trip. Wow. Um Before COVID, the last one we went uh, to was Rocky Mountain uh, National Park. Uh, The one before that was uh, Zion National Park. Uh Um, So we try to take them out in nature and then we have classes for them out there all week. Uh, Little different classes because it's a little different classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, But even during the school year uh, during COVID, like I said, on Wednesdays, we take them out. We do mini classes out wherever we were uh, Mm -hmm. by a lake or, you know, a mountainside or whatever. And besides that, even our regular scheduled program there at the school um, includes horsemanship. Um, we uh, teach them uh, native pottery, uh, weaving, things that maybe they would have learned uh, if they were homeschooled by their grandmother. You know, <laughs> and um, uh, we also uh, teach Navajo language, uh, Navajo government, Navajo history. So just helping them be able to, um, maintain, retain, uh, appreciate, uh, a dent their identity, uh, as a native American. Um, and, and that's something that we hope that we're able to do. Um, you know, all of us are not native American. And so we hope we're able to do it in the right way, if that makes sense.
1: Well, I know you have a core of, of native staff and a core of Correct. non-native staff and I've, uh, like I said, over the years as we've featured you on the show and I've met with you in, in various venues, you folks have, uh, I think to me, one of the telling signs is to see some of your you know alumni over the years who are excited about the experience they had there. And I think a number of your staff over the years have been students at one time. Is Correct. that a, a, fair, a fair assumption? Correct.
2: Uh, currently, I think we have uh, three alumni uh, as staff and uh-huh. It's so neat to see them interacting with the students, and what's interesting is the students will try to get away with stuff, and the staff that have been alumni would be like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> we know what's going on so it's it's just kind of fun to see that dynamic and and to see their dedication to the next generation mm-hmm. that's that's huge that really that really touches my heart and you know makes me excited about what we're doing there, some of the Alumni that are staffed there now, uh, I've been there six years, and some of them were students when I was there. So oh, to, really? To wow, see okay. that incremental growth uh-huh. over the years. and to oh, that's see, exciting. Yeah. To see them um, making making good choices. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's really neat to be able to see that, I guess, evidence
1: uh-huh, that, that uh-huh. We're,
2: we're doing something right there. For sure, for yeah. sure.
1: So talk to someone who's hearing about Holbrook for the first time they're maybe exploring options or saying, boy, you know, here's people that can keep a school open when crazy stuff is happening all around. Uh, you know, how could uh, I look into getting one of my students or my maybe my grandchild or someone else in the tribe? How could I learn about uh, Holbrook? Yeah, HolbrookIndianSchool.org
2: is the website. And then uh, you can call our number, 928-524-6845, 928 928- But the website's a good way to contact us, and there's links there to videos and different programs. Uh, We also have a presence on Facebook and Instagram as well. So
1: So let me see if I got this straight. If people want to get on the phone and call, 928 is the area code, 524-6845. Correct. And then to go online, is it just Holbrook Indian School?
2: HolbrookIndianSchool.org.
1: Dot org. O-R-G. Holbrook, H-O-L-B-R-O-O-K, School.org. Correct. Lauren, it is always great to see you. I'm hoping you can stay by at least for our next segment. Is that going to work with your schedule?
2: That'll be fine. Thank you, Dr. DeRose.
1: We are going to be back with more from the venue of ASI 2021 in Orlando, Florida. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more right after this.
0: Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at AIANL.org. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, AIANL.org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. We are strong. We are resilient. And we will get through this together. But these are stressful times. And it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope.
2: Contact your local USDA Service Center or visit www.fsa.usda.gov.
4: Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, See what you can do online at SocialSecurity.gov.
0: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: You're back with Dr. David DeRose, the venue ASI, the International Convention in Orlando, Florida. It is August of 2021. That's when we're recording. And across from me is Lauren Fish. He's with Holbrook Indian School. We've been speaking about an exciting program that really seeks to help Native young people grow, develop, thrive on a variety of fronts, Lauren, we spoke about something earlier in today's show. We've spoken about it previously. It's this mnemonic, this acronym you have called MAPS Mm -hmm. that uh, seems to be kind of the overarching, well, perspective that you have as you try to educate your students. Tell us again what MAPS stands for.
2: I talk of it as our... um our secret recipe or our our secret menu kind of a thing because it's not our official mission statement but um as the accreditation team got together and we were working on things we said how does this fit this because we as a staff we sat down and said hey what's important what works what doesn't what what do we uh want to see um happen here how how can we help um Native children and youth and their families and their communities. And so from this process, uh, this was about uh, five years ago now, from this process, we came up with an acronym called MAPS. And that's Mental, Academic and Artistic, Physical and Spiritual Health and Wholeness. And so we feel like that if whatever we're doing there, whether it's in the classroom or whether it's in the dining hall Whether it's in the dorms or whether we're on a field trip, whatever we're doing there at the school, uh, we feel like that if it it falls under um, that maps umbrella or those four pillars, as we call it, that that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, we've seen some really neat things come out of it. Um, We've, uh, as I said, we've just hired a um, um, an individual to specifically focus. On helping students to uh, um, improve on the areas that they're they're doing well and grow um, in the areas that they need to, um, whether it's academically, uh, physically, spiritually, uh, emotionally, and we're doing a lot of things well there, but we really want to have somebody to kind of pull all those things together and help our students not fall through the cracks or or not leave the school because um, they're they're struggling in one of these areas. Mm -hmm. We really want to be able to encourage them to grow and improve in each of those
0: areas.
1: And one of the things I know that uh, oftentimes conventional schools, it seems like they so often gravitate to the academic. A lot of folks, uh, a lot of parents, a lot of grandparents, depending on what segment of the population you're dealing with, they, of course, naturally, they value those academic skills. But... I know you've seen that sometimes it's those artistic skills, those uh, those physical skills that you're helping the students to develop mm-hmm. that sometimes seem to unlock mm-hmm. really that desire to do better academically. Can you tell us a little bit about how these things are interrelated, why you focus on this holistic perspective?
2: I believe that the Creator made each of us whole persons. He didn't make us, okay, you're you're a brain or you're an athlete or whatever. He made us whole persons. And some of us may do better at certain things. I was really encouraged a few years ago, research came out, an article that talked about how as they focus on what a student does well, then that student is able to flourish in other areas. So, Mm. for example, we focused... uh, Many years ago, we focused on IQ, you know, mm-hmm. um, how smart are you? Well, if you don't have a high IQ, then, you know, you're not worth much. And so uh, then then there was this uh, focus on emotional intelligence. And wow, you know, if, if you have emotional intelligence, then you're actually going to go further than someone who is smart. And what this article said was basically when they started helping uh, young people see themselves as being intelligent, whatever they were good at. So say that... You may not be very book smart, but you're really good at painting or drawing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, then that's called artistic intelligence. Mm. If someone is really athletic, but they may not be as smart in the classroom, they would call that athletic intelligence. Mm -hmm. And so it's really neat to be able to see that as we help our students identify what they're good at and help them to see that that's an asset, then... That actually, that level of confidence kind of flows out to the other areas and helps them grow in them That's great. I just
1: love that picture. And I know you guys have done so well with that. You have such a diverse program. And I know your program has largely been shaped by Native values. How did that all come about? The weaving, the, uh, the horsemanship, how did that develop at Holbrook?
2: Well, I think as a reaction to uh, some of what we were talking earlier about the the negativity towards boarding schools mm-hmm. and how we have generational trauma from that, how some of these students' grandparents, you know, were, were uh, sent away to boarding schools and they would cut their hair and they wouldn't let them speak their language and they would even burn their clothes that mm. they you know were made for them and stuff like that. So as a, uh, maybe a reaction to that, and also as a reaction to modern culture um, media, I will Mm. say, the students are very heavily influenced by Western media, and so in a lot of ways, they're not attracted to maybe learning their native language, Mm. um, or spending the time to learn weaving or pottery, and so for us, to be able to say, hey, this is cool, (laughs) and, you know, provide it as a class, and... Their grandparents and parents love it uh-huh, The right, kids right. come home and they're practicing their native language or they're showing them a piece that they made it, uh-huh. it's It's really neat to see that that reconnection mm-hmm. you know it's not just a connection it's a reconnection uh for the students with their culture and uh with their heritage and with their families
1: and I don't know you know how you process this as a clinical counselor. a lot of times we think well. You know, the most powerful program is going to be all-native run. Uh, It's going to be strictly maybe just our tribe is going to run. And there's Mm -hmm. some great programs that I know, tribal programs throughout Indian country. But to me, there's a very interesting dynamic that you folks at Holbrook, to me, are exemplifying. And that is when you bring together people from various cultural backgrounds, uh, it's not non-natives coming into Indian country. And saying your ways are uh, are inferior, mm-hmm. which is the messaging mm-hmm. of the uh, the misdirected boarding schools historically. Mm-hmm. But you're actually saying we're from. Uh, we may not have some of the staff, as you mentioned. Some of the staff may not have those native roots, mm-hmm. but we see you know this beauty in your culture. And it seems like to me, I've noticed over the years that sometimes whether it's because the media influence and people looking at, you know, outside of Indian country, for people outside of their tribe, outside of their cultural connections, to value their indigenous wisdom. There's some interesting dynamic to that. I don't know if if that's something you've sensed as you work with this kind of Mm multi-ethnic team that's delivering the education. Mm -hmm. Tell me your reactions from a, a counseling standpoint about that uh it's
2: interesting because some of the students are so immersed in the western culture and uh, influenced by media that they actually uh kind of uh, push it away you know they they may not want it as much uh, but i said like i said the parents and grandparents appreciate uh uh-huh. what we're trying to do there and as non natives it's really hard because in in some ways I can identify with some of the trials and maybe even traumas that some of the students have been through. But in other ways, I can't completely. And so I Mm -hmm. have to be honest and realize that. And one of the things that I believe that every staff at Holbrook Indian School was brought there by the Creator to work with these students and I believe because of that, because it's a calling, because it is a, a burden on their hearts to minister to, to uplift, to help live their best lives. I believe that that is why the impact is the way it is. I, I'm honest with the students. I say, you know what, if the Creator hadn't changed my heart, I wouldn't be here helping you. I mm. might even be one of those people that are out to hurt you. Wow, So for me to be able to be in that space, because I know the creator called me there and he's given me the tools to be able to help these students, that makes a huge difference for me. Because it's not just, it's not just me trying to help somebody. Mm-hmm. It's not just me trying to say, well, this is better. This is best. It's me working with the creator who created them. To give them life, abundant life, life, life to the fullest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference. And you know, some some days are really horrible. I mean, we we have we have tragedies. We had a tragedy at the end of this year. I won't go into detail, but it was painful. Mm. It was painful. And so, for for me to deal with that, I have to believe that I'm there for a reason.
1: Tremendous. Lauren, we are going to have to step away here uh, just momentarily, but before we do, uh, for folks who just jumped on this segment, they're wondering a little bit more about Holbrook Indian School, just real quickly, website, phone number, how do we get a hold of you guys?
2: HolbrookIndianSchool.org, and the um, office number is 928-524-6845,
1: 928-524-6845. Thank you so much. Lauren Fish, we're going to step away just briefly. We're going to come back with someone else from Holbrook Indian School, give you a little bit uh, broader perspective of some of the diversity of the team, and share some exciting things about social media, about videos from Holbrook, things that uh, I think you're going to be very interesting to learn about. We'll be back right after this. I'm Dr. DeRose.
0: It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org.
1: Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know, I'm Jan and I'm free from meth.
4: If you or someone you know is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov slash meth.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome back to the second half of today's edition of the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We are here In Orlando, Florida, it is August of 2021 that we're doing the recording. And we've been featuring Holbrook Indian School on this program. Across from me is uh, actually a new friend. I, uh, for the first time, met uh, Siobhan. Uh, Siobhan, you're also a member of the team there. And have I got the last name right, help me out with it. Petgrave, is it? You got it. Okay, Siobhan Petgrave. And tell us a little bit about your role at Holbrook Indian School.
3: So my official title is content acquisitions and social media coordinator. It's a bit long, (laughs) Um, but basically that means I work in the development department and I'm responsible for uh, the the communication between um, the school and donors. So my bulk of what I do is um, managing the newsletter, the monthly newsletter that goes out, um, the website, uh, the social media, uh, photography, because all those things require photos so mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of mm-hmm. photography as well so I've, I've
1: heard you're quite a
3: photographer
1: and i actually was admiring some of your work from a bit of a distance when uh, lauren was here uh, we were talking uh, at the break and he was scrolling through some uh, pictures you got all new photos of your staff on the website can anybody just jump on and get acquainted with the the holbrook uh, Indian school team, or is that a kind of proprietary stuff uh, if, if I want to see who some of the different
3: teachers are? Um, I'm trying to understand your question. Okay, well, yeah. good, good.
1: <laughs> so let's say I want to learn about the staff at the school. Uh-huh. You've recently taken a whole set of new photographs of the staff. Am I understanding right, that correct? Right, right. So if someone says, hey, I'd like to see who's on the staff, could uh-huh. someone who's not uh, a member or not an alumnus or not a student at Holbrook, can they go on and scroll through the different staff members and all? Or is oh, that
3: yeah. on our, um, I think you're referring to our Meet Our Team yes, page. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So on there, if you go there, um, you'll see a picture of each of the staff members and their contact. Okay. Um, so you can, you know, get to know, you know, who does what at the school. And also, if you have to contact them, you can you know, do it through that as well.
1: Great, great. So let's stop for a moment because I was promising folks in the last segment, uh based on what Lauren had told me about you, that you've been doing some interesting video projects as well mm-hmm. about the school. Are some of those things accessible also on the website?
3: The online, definitely. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of what exactly is on the website. We have a few videos on the website that uh-huh. I didn't, I d- had nothing to do with. So okay. a lot of, if you go to our programs page, um, we have two video. Well, one recently just um, about our horsemanship program or mm-hmm. equestrian facilitated learning is another name for it. Um, so we had a video that kind of just features uh, what the, the a little bit about the program, how it helps and benefits the students. Uh, we had another one on the uh, farming program, so both of those were done by a uh, organization called Shea Foundation that we work mm. with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are on the website. Um, as far as the videos I've worked on, I did a uh, like a like a Christmas postcard oh okay uh, that was uh that was more for social media than, uh-huh. than anything else so uh, okay. that that received a lot of uh positive uh-huh um, a lot of people loved it uh, so it was just a, a way to uh, sh- uh you know during the holiday season, show people uh connect the season of giving to show people our d- mostly our donors mm-hmm. uh, how they've been benefiting through their contributions tremendous
1: yeah. Now, how did you end up at Holbrook Indian School? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: I so I I went to school at Southern Adventist University, uh huh, and that's in Tennessee. And I I went to school for mass communication. Okay. Uh, so basically, a lot of what I do, I learned there. <laughs> uh huh. Um. So, and then once once I graduated, I started my first job. I would say is um. um Technically, it was an internship, but it was it was, as far as like benefits and pay, it was it was a full time uh, position at, at the Carolina Conference, uh-huh. um, and so I was I did that for two years. It's it's a partnership with the NAD and um, any conference really within the NAD. So that specific one was I was working with uh, Carolina Conference Communication Department.
1: So basically, just for those who are tuning in and and aren't as familiar with some of this, you were talking about Holbrook Indian School, which is a Seventh-day Adventist school. And you've been mentioning that you've been working for some other Seventh-day Adventist entities after coming out of school, uh, working for different uh, groups throughout the country, getting a lot of experience in mass media, communication, social media. So, I mean, to me, it seems like a big move to go from the Eastern U.S. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to Indian country Definitely. in Arizona. So uh, this is not the normal trajectory for a typical student that I run into. Right. Tell, yeah. me, tell me how that all came about.
3: So there is a connection. So in working with the conference, this is, this is, that's how I met my now supervisor, mm. Diana Fish, mm-hmm. um, at a, an event similar to this. Um, mm-hmm. They had a booth um and this is while I was still doing my internship and I um went over and I and I saw I talked with Diane and I said oh I've never heard of this this school I didn't know it existed um uh-huh. and I thought I loved what they were doing um and I never you know I never really thought I would ever you know work there uh, I thought it was a, a nice thing but um it just so happened that a year later or less than a year a little under a year later um I was in need of you know some work after finishing fulfilling the internship, and um, right at the same time the posi- uh, position opened. <laughs> so we had already had that contact. They you know it's what what they say is true. It's really who you know. Uh-huh, Networking uh-huh, is <laughs> uh-huh. really important. So I, that's uh, Diane already had my contact, and so we um, we just that's how I'm here now in the position.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh you've been there for a year. did I understand that correctly? yes,
3: just ju- just over a year july July made it a year yeah
1: so was it a difficult decision to stay on? Were you ready to head back to the east coast uh <laughs> tell us a little bit about that so
3: the move to like you were saying i guess uh, uh I guess this is what you were trying to get out of me or a little earlier with your question, but yeah, the move across the country was definitely quite the experience, especially in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, it was it was fun at the same time. I think it added to my professional experience. To go through the whole phase of not just moving, but having to be the financial aspect of um, moving and planning, and I don't know that. And then since moving to Arizona, it's it, it's quite of an adjustment mm-hmm. from where we were in Charlotte. Um, definitely a lot uh, different climates, different. Um, landscapes uh-huh, and uh, uh-huh. topography but it's it's uh we're 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 coming along
1: now i know one of the other interesting dynamics that lauren and i were speaking about earlier in the show is this whole narrative about historical trauma mm-hmm. of course in indian country that resonates now am i understanding correctly you do not have any native roots yourself
3: yes that's correct i don't have any
1: But you do have some resonance with historical trauma because your background includes some of that history as well. Tell us a little bit about that and how that maybe interfaces with your working with Native youth.
3: Well, to be honest, when I first heard about the school, um, I didn't know anything really. Um, uh, But in talking with Diana, um, which is our development director... Um, I I learned uh, quite a bit, and I mean, I knew a little bit of, you know, the history um, Mm -hmm. of Native American and general U.S. relations, and Mm -hmm. so I I knew that, but as far as, um, just to see the the specifics of how uh, history, you know, things that happen in history can be passed down generationally, um, and to see the effects that it has on a lot of our students, so that was I had a little bit of exposure in that in that exchange with um, mm-hmm. Diana, but um, I did some research definitely after that, uh-huh. <laughs> and I and I was able to um, get myself acquainted t- to know how best to fill the role.
1: So, as a person of color yourself, mm-hmm. does that seem to create a, a resonance with some of the the issues when you talk about injustices that were done to your forefathers and things like that? Did that uh, working With indigenous peoples here, did that actually cause any introspection, kind of looking back at your own background and and give you some uh, topics for dialogue with students, or did that subject ever come up at all?
3: Right. So I I still long to get some more consistent, I should say, interaction with the students. A Uh lot of what I do is, um, since I'm not necessarily a teacher, I did have a little bit of experience over the summer, I taught a a, a summer class. Okay, oh, um, but I, I would like to get to uh um more involved with the students. Uh huh. So I haven't really had any conversations um about that per se. But as far as uh, introspection, I um, I think yeah, I think it definitely did make me think a little bit um mm-hmm. about some of the similarities mm-hmm. um and even the overlap in history mm-hmm. um, where you know native americans did help out you know slaves that were trying to escape and things Mm -hmm. like that so Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i think so
1: i think it's exciting to see the kind of team that as lauren expressed it that the creator has pulled together um and not so much to uh i'm paraphrasing something he said in a previous segment but not so much to try to you know help a, a, a a uh a poor segment of the population, I'm using poor in quotes, you know, unfortunate, however you want to describe it, but it's this privilege that we have of people from different backgrounds, the Creator pulling us together so we can all grow. And I hear this story a lot of times as I speak with, uh, spoken with a number of the faculty at at Holbrook, just the enriching experience there for the faculty as well as for the students. Are you already seeing some of those same uh, dynamics, Siobhan, as far as, you know, opportunities for personal growth that maybe you wouldn't have uh, foreseen prior to ending up at Holbrook?
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a lot of, one of the things when we have a few of our staff meetings um, that our principals likes to remind us of, uh-huh. uh, remind us of when uh, interacting with students is, or even just this past week, we uh, we did, we're in, or this week is pre-session, and um, we did a course, psychology uh, we had a psychology kind of training uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, because, uh, and which I think that any school really should have, because a lot of the principles apply not just you know to this the specific um, group of students, but I think to any dealing with children in, in general. And I think for me at least, um, going through that training, um, I did it last year, and then going through another one this year, is, I think is really good to know how to uh, deal with kids who can be really. Uh, can push your buttons a lot, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. ones that are uh, trying to work through trauma, uh, and mm-hmm. they don't even know it. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they uh, they're wondering why they do this, stu- why they do the stuff that they do. So I think um, those that particular training, I always enjoyed. I, I was always into how people think in psychology. If I if I didn't do what I was doing now, I probably would have went into psychology. Really, so. that's interesting. Yeah, so.
1: So, Siobhan, before we close out this segment, uh, we're just wrapping up right now. We'll be back with another segment. But if someone is thinking about Holbrook Indian School, maybe it's a student listening in on the show today. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a grandparent. Maybe it's an aunt or, or uncle. What short statement would you want to leave with someone as far as getting them to think more about the school?
3: Well, I would just say check out the uh, website. Check out our social media channels. We're on Instagram, on Facebook. And, yeah, just check out those outlets and see what we're about.
1: Great, great. We're going to be back with one final segment on Holbrook Indian School. We're going to try to wrap things up, and actually we're going to talk about some opportunities for you to be involved. Maybe not necessarily a student, but we've got other opportunities. Stay tuned. Final segment coming up. I'm Dr. DeRose. Don't go away.
0: Here again is Dr. DeRose. You
1: are back with the final segment of today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We are finishing up a show that is being recorded in August of 2021. We're in Orlando, Florida at the ASI International Convention. I have folks from Holbrook Indian School right across from me. You've heard from both of them already, Siobhan Petgrave and Lauren Fish, Guys, we have been uh, speaking about some of the exciting things happening at Holbrook, getting to know uh, some of the staff better, in this case, the two of you, and uh, we've been talking about a theme, and that is how the Creator is bringing together special students and a special team, and it's really a journey, isn't it? Is that a fair way to describe it, either one of you? Definitely.
2: Definitely. Definitely. And, and like I said before, uh, I feel like each staff uh, person there is there uh, for a reason. It's not by chance.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Siobhan, you've shared your own story. You know, this was not you know your life dream to end up in Holbrook, Arizona at Holbrook Indian School. It wasn't even on your radar screen, right? Right. But you're definitely just like Lauren, part of the, the team there. I know it's a growing team. You're yes. actually in the process of recruiting more staff. Uh, would one of you like to speak about where you're at right now as far as opportunities?
2: Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, we have uh, some significant positions available that uh, we're, we're hiring. Uh, one is an elementary teacher. Wow. Uh, okay. That's a big role, and that needs to be a very special person. Uh-huh. I mean, they need to have a lot of patience, uh, they need to be able to think on their feet, be flexible um be entertaining and educational and also be able to hold a classroom (laughs) so okay elementary teacher um an arts teacher but a a technology arts teacher so teaching graphic design and computers and things like that as well we'd like them to be it savvy um an accountant which doesn't get me excited but some people love numbers and they're Uh very excited about that and um, you know, you think, oh, okay, if I come and work at Holbrook as an accountant, I'll just be sitting in an office moving numbers around. No, uh, pe- all of our staff that work there are definitely involved in several different levels um, with the students. And um, so it wouldn't be just an isolated position, even if you're just moving numbers around. But another position would be uh, agricultural assistant. Mm. Um, we have a um, thriving garden there at this school, and we need more help. Um, it it can't just be done by one person or uh, one and a half people. So we need another full-time assistant for the gardener there. And um, the kids get to eat the produce. Uh, They actually have classes where they come and help plant and grow and dig the soil and then harvest the produce. And um, then they get to sit down in the cafeteria and and eat uh, the different things, uh, potatoes, corn, lovely salad greens. Uh, So it's a really neat experience for them to be able to See the things grow and then uh-huh. get to eat them and nice. benefit from them nutritionally.
1: Nice, very nice. Uh, Siobhan, you see this thriving campus with all this uh, diversity as far as training and activities. What was your take when you showed up there a year ago and see everything happening at Holbrook?
3: So, when I first got there, I thought before students, the campus was because we're in, the, if, I'm tr- just to paint a painted picture. Here. We're like in the middle of the desert, right? Okay. And then the campus is just like so green and got trees and, you know, it's just like a little oasis, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, both figuratively and almost literally. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. So you're impressed. Yes. And,
1: um, Lauren, you've mentioned some of the openings that you've got. I know a lot of times people say, hey, there's an opening, I'm qualified their big concern might be the benefit package, the finances. I've gathered that uh, that your program, because you're looking for special people, this is more, you're looking for people who are really interested in kind of a life journey of serving, giving back. Have I kind of sized that up right, or is that not part of what you're looking for?
2: Yeah, and as you said, you know, so- we've had some people come to the school over the past several years and if it's not a a calling as we say if it's Mm -hmm. not something that the creators put on their heart they usually don't last that long because you have to have something to keep you going through the really hard difficult days Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing more defeating than being um being ignored or um Put down by a teenager. I mean, that's uh, that's rough stuff. And uh, you know, some of these kids have been through a lot, and so they have a lot of anger and animosity. And you know, for them to you know push you away is, is difficult sometimes. And you know, like I said, we had a really rough uh, week—the last week of school. Um, mm. We actually had a, a student die, not on campus, but uh, they were they were off campus, and that was really difficult for our student body, for our staff. And so to be able mm-hmm. to get through those difficult days definitely has to be a calling. You can't just show up and punch a time clock. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So, Siobhan, I know you've got um, a very successful recruitment strategy yourself. Uh, You married a young lady who's also on the team there. Were you engaged before you took the position at Holbrook? How did that all come about?
3: No, so we were already married. um, Uh And so when we first... Uh, vi- uh, went to the booth at the that convention the year before. Mm-hmm. We were t- so we were t- we both went on that trip. We were bo- we were married okay, at the time. Okay. And so it was something we both kind of learned or ex- um kind of grew into at uh-huh. together. So um,
1: what kind of work is your wife doing at the school?
3: Right now she's um going to be as the school is school year is just about to begin. She's going to be doing the, uh be be the librarian. Okay. Um,
1: so you've got a, actually a, a formal library there at the at the school? Oh, yeah, yeah. And with your background in social media and all, are there a lot of uh, enhanced learning opportunities that uh, are at the library? Or is it a pretty traditional library? I mean, how would you describe what's there? I know it's a little bit out of your area. Yeah, it is,
3: it's a little bit out of my area. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been there a few times to take some pictures. <laughs> 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 but um, uh, it, it seems... Pretty uh, standard, traditional to me. I don't know if Lauren has something we, to add.
2: We have, we have computers in the library that the students uh, like to use. And um, going back to the reading, um, we have all of our books, um, they're... they're graded they're graduated so the students can know they go in and this book is color-coded and that's the level i'm at and they read that oh wow so even if they come in there in 10th grade they're only reading at the third grade level we don't stick them in 10th grade and expect them to be there we have them learn as they go the same with math so we feel that's really important it's a graduated system so you know if a student's struggling in a certain area because of trauma that they dealt with um, and, and they're unable to learn or they miss out on, on you know, portions of their academic process, we don't hold that against them. We say, okay, take the math test, take the reading test, where are you at? We're going to start you at that level. You can learn and progress as fast as you can. And uh, we found it really helpful because it builds confidence with the students. So they're not discouraged because they can only read the third grade level. They're uh-huh. in 10th grade. But hey, guess what? This student came to came to our school was at the second grade level, even though they're a freshman, and they graduated, and they were reading at the tenth eleventh grade level. That's so, tremendous. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I love that that picture because so many times, you know, we try to force students based on their age, uh, you know, where they're at in school. You got to be in the in these classes, and it's really a different approach that you've taken at Holbrook, really to, to kind of work with students wherever they're at. Is that something, Siobhan, that struck you when you got on
3: campus? You read my mind. I was I was going to say in answer to your previous question, uh-huh. that was another thing that struck me, was okay. how differently the academics are done. Uh-huh. Um, and not so much, as you said, forcing it based on your age, um, but um, just kind of where the student is at. Um, and then I think there's a certain term you guys have for that, Lauren. Help me out with that. Um
2: graduated learning or levels. It's just a a concept, basically, and there's different terms for it, but it's a concept that we try to use to help the kids not get discouraged and to give them confidence where they're at to learn, yeah.
1: Yeah, this is great, you know, and I'll be honest with you. I've traveled a lot through Indian Country, been in Arizona a lot. I've actually never been to Holbrook. I know I've had invitations uh, before that I haven't been able to take you guys up on, but I'm always energized to hear about what you're doing, how you're making a difference with, uh, with Native youth across tribal lines, and just to learn more about your team. So I really appreciate both of you guys pulling away from a busy conference. Uh, any final thoughts, Lauren, as we're winding down here? Um, we'd love for you, Dr. DeRose, to come and uh, visit Holbrook Indian School. And uh, okay. for
2: anyone else who wants to, we invite you to go to our website, uh, holbrookindianschool.org. Uh, like uh, Siobhan said, we have Instagram and Facebook uh, media pages, and um, we'd love to talk to you in person, 928-524-6845, and uh, whether it's to learn more about us, or if you have a student that you feel like would work out well at this school, would love to talk to you more about that, because we're here for the students, for the families, and for the community there in
1: Indian Country. Tremendous. Well, one more time, if you didn't get that uh, contact information, so it's HolbrookIndianSchool.org and the phone number 928-524-6845. Correct. It's been great to have you guys on the show. Hey, thanks so much again for pulling away. And thank you for everyone who tuned in today to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm your host, Dr. David DeRose, as always wishing you the very best of health.
5: This is Life Talk Radio.